Well, today our reading is from Luke 22, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 2, verse 22 through 35. So we kind of continue on the Christmas story. And it says, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary, they took the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And they went to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory for your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Well, Father God, it's a, it's a marvelous time of year, a wondrous time of year. And even as we've had to endure many challenges over the 12 months of this year, we thank you that you have been with us and that you are our God and that you are good. And we thank you for time and your word this morning, and we pray that you would open our hearts and minds and our spirits to understanding for what you would have us to hear this day. And I pray now, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, Lord, would be acceptable in your sight and would bring you glory. For indeed, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as we come to the end of this year, as we come through, well, our first Christmas together, right? So this is this is for me and my family, our first Christmas here with you, and we're thankful to, to come through that together. Um, I'm eager with you to start a new year together as well, and I'm optimistic about what God will be doing here for us as the family of faith at, at Union Church in 2022. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if you'll stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve. That's next, next weekend. Anybody going to stay up till midnight? I bet you are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've heard some people are going to stay up till midnight just because they want to make sure 2021 gets, 
gets kicked on out and we get to 2022. We'll see. <laughs> um, but as I think about these things, as I think about the challenges we've been living with, as I think about the uncertainty of the, of the world that we live in, um, it becomes clearer and clearer to me how much we, we need salvation, how much we need Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Our scripture reading today, I think it's a real blessing for us this season. It's a reminder to us of the significance of, of the salvation we have in Jesus, of the significance of his mission and of his purpose for us. And so from Luke 2, 22 to 35, there, there's a couple of things I want to highlight this morning, and I'm just going to go through those in turn. And the first is this. This passage teaches us about Jesus' obedience. Jesus' obedience. So in verse 22, the passage says, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph, they took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And then it goes on to talk about the types of, the types of offerings, the types of sacrifices they were to, to make. But let me ask you this. Think about this. Why, why did Jesus need to be consecrated to the Lord? Because he is the Lord, right? <laughs> why? Why would Jesus need to be consecrated? Why would this need to happen? And I'll tell you, Scripture, you know, they say Scripture interprets Scripture. And so scripture answers this question for us. And in Galatians, in chapter 4, Paul says, When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, and then here's the key, born under the law. Born under the law to redeem those under the law. And so Jesus was under the law too, just as we are under the law. And therefore, Jesus and his parents they obeyed the law. They were obedient to the law. Jesus was obedient for us. And, and we see this also play out in Matthew's gospel. In chapter 3 of Matthew's gospel, um, there's the account where Jesus goes to the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. And of course, again, it's kind of like, why does Jesus need to be baptized? He, he's God with us, but we have Jesus baptized. And when he goes to John, John says, I should be baptized by you. You know, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus needed to fulfill all righteousness. He needed to perfectly keep the law for us. His keeping of the law is part and parcel to his saving work on our behalf. He's doing He's doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. I mean, I mean, think about it. Can you, can you keep the law of God perfectly? Can you keep the commandments perfectly? Do you perfectly love God and love neighbor? I mean, I know I don't. I can't go a day. But Jesus... Jesus has done it for us. He has kept the law perfectly for us. He was obedient for us in order that we might be saved. So that's the first, that's the first thing we see today from this scripture. Jesus' obedience is the reason he's consecrated 
in the temple. This is part of his purpose, part of his mission for us. His obedience is, is part of that, to redeem us. So we see Jesus' obedience. Secondly, from this passage, we see Jesus' salvation. Jesus' salvation. Um, verse 25 from the text says, There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. So Simeon, is, he's described as, as a man who is righteous and who is devout and who is waiting. He is waiting on the consolation of Israel. He is waiting on Israel's salvation. And, and, and for most Jews, what that would have meant is they would have thought of the... They, they would have thought of, of the overthrow of the Roman occupying government. They were under the thumb of the Romans. And, and for them, they felt like Messiah was going to come and was going to free them, give them salvation from this occupying government over them. But, but that is not the salvation that Jesus came to bring. The salvation that Jesus showed up in person to bring was of another order. Paul, the Apostle Paul says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. He said, our struggle is against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in their heavenly places. And so salvation from those enemies is what Jesus came to bring. That makes possible. That makes possible for us the forgiveness of our sins, new life in Christ. That's the salvation he came to bring. Um, and you know, people talk a lot about salvation these days. If you listen, you'll hear a lot of talk about salvation, right? We, we're to save the environment. We're to save the economy. We're, we're to save ourselves from, from the drug problem. We're to save ourselves from the virus. You hear a lot of talk about salvation these days and many other issues as well. And, and, and I have no argument with those issues. Those are all... Those are all important issues of our day, no doubt. But they are not what Jesus came to bring us because Jesus didn't come to bring us the salvation we desire. Rather, he came to bring us the salvation we require. Some churches promise that Jesus will save you from financial ruin or business failure or family breakup or low self-esteem or poor health. But that's not what Jesus promised to bring. Starting in verse 29 of our, our scripture, 29 through 32, there's this picture. And if you can imagine this in your mind, imagine Simeon, he's standing there, this old man, he's standing there and he's holding in his arms this eight-day-old baby. I mean, you know, a baby, eight, day, eight days old, it's little it's a little baby, a tiny, a tiny baby. And he says, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You know, let's, let's not minimize 
what Jesus came to bring us, that he came and he lived and he died and he rose to bring us knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And Simeon in verse 29, he he says, now let your servant depart in peace. It's as if he's saying, I can go now. My my life on earth is fulfilled now, right? I, I have seen the one who will bring true salvation. Friends, are you are you able this morning to say with Simeon, I have seen your salvation? Are you able to say that with Simeon? Not because not because you've held the baby Jesus literally, right, obviously. Not because you've held Jesus like he did, but because through the Bible, through the words of Holy Scripture, you, you've stood at the cross. You've stood at the tomb. You, you've gazed at the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And you've said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I can die now. I've seen your salvation. I understand what Jesus came to do. I understand the forgiveness of sins born out in his life and death and resurrection. Can you say that like Simeon? You know, the Bible, the Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? will not be turned away. And so, so don't pray this, friends. Don't pray, let your servant die, unless you can also pray, I've seen your salvation. So we've got Jesus' obedience, Jesus' salvation, and finally this morning from the text, the text speaks of Jesus as a divider. Jesus as a divider. We've seen that Simeon praised God. Jesus held the baby Jesus. He's declared God's salvation. And then he turns to Mary and he directly addresses Mary. And in verse 34 and 35, he says, um, Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and and a sword will pierce your own soul also. So Simeon wants Mary to know that when God steps into the world, as he had done in Jesus, that there will be a, a polarizing effect, that Jesus will bring a polarizing effect. Jesus will be a great divider. Jesus will be a crossroads for all those who encounter him. Now we've already, we've already, you know, if, if you've read the, the story through Luke, you encounter this also in Mary's song. It's called the Magnificat in Luke chapter one, starting in verse 50. And she, she sings, she says in her song, she says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. 
He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. And so we see from this already, Mary seemed to have this idea in some way that Jesus would be a divider. He would be polarizing. And now she's being told from Simeon that people will find her own son as someone who it's impossible to be neutral about. People will decide for him or they will decide against him. And Jesus himself knows this. In John chapter 3, we see this in verses 17 and 18. Jesus says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We like that part, right? It's a good part of that verse. And then, and then it goes on in verse 18 to say, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. But Jesus seemed to know this about himself, that he would be polarizing, that you can't be neutral about him. That's Jesus the divider. Believe in him and you stand uncondemned. Do not believe in him and you stand condemned, unforgiven. Yes, Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel. I think what it's really about, this polarizing effect, it's really about the, the exclusivity of Jesus. That, that's the rub, the exclusivity of Jesus. Um, that's why he's so polarizing. He says about himself, I am the, the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's this exclusivity of Jesus that is really the rub. You see, if, if, if in Jesus' time, if in the first century, Christians would have just said about Jesus, if they had just said, well, he's one of the many gods and you can believe on him and have a way to, to the Father, everyone could have just relaxed, right? But they couldn't. They couldn't. And because of that, some of them were martyred for their faith. And Christians today, you know, if Christians in our time could just say, Jesus is just one way, one way to salvation. You know, there's many others, but he's just one way. He, he's one way, there's many others. Well, everybody could just relax, right? Everybody could just relax, but Christians today can't do that. And because of that, Christians will be ridiculed, and some places will be imprisoned, and some places will even be martyred for their faith. The apostles, they, they did not face death for simply proclaiming a well-meaning carpenter. If you talk about Jesus as a, as a good man, as a good teacher, right? People may yawn, but they won't react. They won't be changed. They won't be transformed. But if you insist that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ and that he is the way to the Father, then this kind of language is not tolerated. But brothers and sisters, that kind of language, it is the gospel. And it is the truth. It is what we're called to proclaim. It is what we believe. And let me be clear about this also. If we, are to, if we, if we offend 
as we proclaim the faith. Let, let, let's make sure we're offending by proclaiming the simple truth of the gospel and not just because we're being jerks or being offensive, okay? Let's offend because we're speaking the truth, right? But we, we must speak of Jesus in a way that people don't just respond, well, that's nice, right? But they're unchanged. We're to speak of Jesus as a matter of life and of death, the clarity that people are either outraged or they will claim Jesus to be their Lord. And so, brothers and sisters, on the cusp of this new year, as we finish 2021, as we begin 2022, my prayer is that God would give us, would give us a boldness and would give us a warmness to proclaim the simple gospel of our Lord Jesus as Savior and Messiah and as Lord. Amen? Yeah. Okay, as we finish up this morning, let's look at where we are. It leaves us with this. Jesus' obedience. Jesus was obedient to the law. He kept the law perfectly for us because we can't. In order to save us, he kept the law perfectly. Second was Jesus' salvation. Jesus' salvation is the salvation we require, not necessarily the salvation we desire, but it is the salvation required. It is a salvation that can bring and does bring hope. It brings, it brings hope to suicidal teenagers. It brings, it brings strength to grieving mourners. It brings change to greedy hearts. It, it is a salvation that can turn swords into plowshares. It's a salvation that can bring justice to the oppressed and hope to the hopeless and light in the darkness. His salvation is what we truly and deeply need. And third, we saw Jesus the divider. Simeon revealed to Mary that Jesus will divide people, that you can't be neutral with Jesus. Even in hearing this sermon, you'll, be, you'll either be for Jesus or you'll be against Jesus. There's no middle way. Simeon holds this little baby boy and he declares, my eyes have seen your salvation. And my prayer as we close out this year and begin the new year is that we would see Jesus through the pages of Scripture. And that we would say with Simeon, my eyes have seen your salvation, for I have heard and received and embraced the best news ever. Praise be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Well, Lord, help us to see, hear, and understand what you are saying to us today. May we say as we begin a new year, my eyes have seen your salvation. May we not be neutral, Lord, but proclaim the simple gospel of the truth of Jesus Christ and find our salvation and our hope and our life in him this year. We pray that we would receive this message today. And in the end, that we would say with Simeon, my eyes have seen your salvation. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen.